Yeah, well, let, let's dig in. Hello, everybody. I'm David Cooks, and I tell you what. We know that paralysis can take on many forms. It can be physical like mine. It can be do anything you put your mind to. And what we try to do is feature stories that go from difficult places to fulfilling purpose. What seems impossible can be done by you. We've got Desiree Cocroft with us today. This is going to be exciting. She is energetic, enthusiastic. She's got a lot of things to say. It may knock you down. Don't let it stop you. She is a personal and professional transformation coach, and she specializes in helping female entrepreneurs take that next step. And I think that it's really important to have this A team of people, A being that people that can hold you accountable and that also think from a place of abundance. But the team part, people that are transparent, people that um, are encouraging, people that are achieving things in their life, and people that are mentors to you. And so I believe like those partnerships, having people in your life that have those qualities. And then from a mentorship perspective, someone that's more seasoned, someone that's like a peer mentor. And then how are we like digging into the lives of others, like really pouring into the lives of others so we can reciprocate that um, you know, like paying it forward. Got so much to give, a lot of life to live. You must go from paralysis to purpose. Get your pen and paper out. Yeah. I'm taking notes. Paralysis to purpose. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Paralysis to Purpose, the podcast. You know, I tell you this every time I come on, I, I love what I do, and I think I'm the most fortunate person on the planet because I get to interview some of the most intriguing and inspiring people in the entire world. How I find them, I don't know, but they do come to the podcast. And today is no exception. We've got Desiree Cocroft with us today. And this is going to be exciting because, you know, she's energetic, enthusiastic, and she's got a lot of things to say. Um, She is a personal and professional transformation coach, and she specializes in helping female entrepreneurs to take that next step. Um, She's an executive coach that understands the importance of positive psychology. Um, She has her own podcast called Get Your Life today. She is also an award-winning author, and she's the co-founder of the Signature Dance Company, Um, and she is an extraordinary artist in that regard. I've seen her do her thing, and she's built that to a six-figure nonprofit organization. She currently lives in Philadelphia, but I'm proud to say she's from the Mill Town, the 411 Four 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 one four, not the four one one, the four one four. But we'll give you, we'll give you some four one one because that's information. And um, we are excited to have her here today to share her story and also to give you some insight during these difficult times. At the time of this recording, we are in a pandemic, but we're kind of in a little bit of a pause right now. And uh, I think she will have some insight to help us all move forward out of what we're in. Desiree, whew, that was long. <laughs> It was good. You did you did great. <laughs> well, thank you. I'd like to welcome you to Paralysis to Purpose, the podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here, David. Uh, yeah, this is gonna be fun. So let's get let's jump right in. Okay. Uh, let's talk a little bit about where you're from originally, your family, your background, and share that with our audience. Absolutely. So like you said, I am from the mill, Bruce City. I am from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, My family uh, is also from Milwaukee, Wisconsin as well, even though we have some roots in Mississippi. (laughs) But uh, we were uh, in Milwaukee my whole life. I went to uh, public schools all my life. And then when I went to college, I went the private school route, actually started at Marquette and then transferred 
uh, believing that I really wanted to not just go out of state, but attend a historically black college and have that experience. And so I transferred to Hampton University where I received my undergrad in business and my master's in business as said. Um, and so from there, I actually went back to Milwaukee and that's when me and two friends started our dance company. So I was 24 years old when we started our first business. Um, and that was a nonprofit dance company to serve women and girls in Milwaukee. And our mission is um, share without compromise all of our God-given gifts and talents while helping others realize their own. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that has been something that has been a very, very big part of my life. And there was a season in my life while I had become the artistic and executive director of it, where I was still feeling like there was more that I desired to do. And one of my very first jobs was when I was 17 years old and I had one of my teacher mentors offer me an opportunity to be a teen mentor. So I was offered to be a teen mentor to nine through 16 year olds as a senior in high school and to teach them about self-esteem, self-image, decision-making, healthy relationships. I was still learning all of those things, obviously, but I was handed a curriculum and being trained to teach students this. And that is when I was lit with this fire of personal development, self-discovery, and I really enjoyed doing that specifically with young people. And then as I, you know, matured, my audience matured. And so I began to want to do it more with high school and college and now adults. Um, and most of my work has been done with, you know, girls and women. And so fast forward, when I'm working with our dance company, I started to feel that pull to want to spend more of my time in that space. All of my jobs have been in nonprofit in addition to the nonprofit that we run. However, I wanted to take a spin into what would it look like to be in that leadership in that personal development world more intentionally. And so that's when I got a coach. Um, let's go back to the high school teacher. Mm -hmm. Can you just talk a little bit about the significance of having people in your life that can yeah. help you, to you and help you see things? Because that's, that's amazing. And it's not uncommon that there's someone at a very, I was 17 years old when I got my first job at the bank filing checks. Wow. And uh -huh. so, and someone and the business leaders from inroads and all that saw things in me yeah. that I didn't necessarily see it. I'm grateful to this day that they saw that. Can you just touch upon that and maybe encourage some of our young people to try to bond and reach out to some of their educators wow. who help them with something like that? So when I was in high school, I was like team get involved in everything. So I was in volleyball, track, dancing, but even more so I did a lot of leadership development um, in terms of like student government, peer mediators. Um, I was a student class president for two years and the person was the advisor of student government and was over some different internship opportunities. And, you know, people that are advisors over things like that are privy to things students can be involved in. And I never even asked for a job. That, so that's what was interesting. I wasn't really looking for a job. I remember being in class, walking out of class, he walked toward me like, hey, this seems like it would be a good fit for you. Are you interested? And I read it and I'm like, oh, wow, that would be great. Like I loved mentoring. We used to have like a big brother, big sister or little buddy program mm -hmm. at Washington where we would uh, mentor uh, freshmen. So I enjoyed doing that. I enjoyed doing peer mentor. So I knew that it would be something that was intriguing to me. And who knew that later on, like I've been a facilitator since I was 17. Like I've been facilitating curriculum, learning about personal development as I was learning to execute it in my own life. 
since I was 17 years old. And so it's, you know, hindsight of 2020 is like, wow, I was given such a gift to develop my leadership and personal development skills at such an early age. And it's funny how people see me now and it's just like, oh, you seem so naturally like this, but it was built over time, um, you know, and I was receptive to it being built. I wrote down the words, be open. Yeah. And you were open to the to the possibilities that were being presented to you. And and then you walked through those doors. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and just just being like you said, in position to say yes. Right. Like I was I didn't have a job. I was positioned to be able to say yes and to make room for those things. And then positioned even prior to the ask, because I've created a reputation that preceded myself. He already was like, oh, OK, Desiree would be a good fit because it's something like you said, like people see things in us, but they see things in us because we're doing something for them to see. People can observe what they can't see. Mm-hmm. And you were able to be observed because you were doing something that people could actually observe. Yeah. Can you, um, I, I didn't know we were going to go this route right <laughs> now. But, um, I would love for you to really talk about the importance of getting engaged in where you are. Because we hear so much about the difficulties and the injustices and, and all of these things. And then we seem to disengage and understand that we can't change what we're not involved in and we can't grow where we're not planted. Could you just talk about the significance of being engaged and being yeah. active? Because I think that's a we're, we're missing some of that message um, right now for our young people. Yeah, and and I would even go on to say our young people and our more seasoned people, (laughs) right? (laughs) Because it is about, you get what you focus on, right? And so if you're only focusing on what is not possible, all you will see is the impossibilities, right? And so I think that if we shift our thinking into focusing on what is possible as human beings, we God has given us so much creativity and wisdom and resources to do things It is our job to take the switch, right, into looking at things from a place of possibility, a place on what is possible. And that that is not to shame us as human beings that you're going to feel a certain way when things happen sometimes. And what I mean a certain way is that you are going to be closed sometimes. You're going to feel like, wait, what's happening? Emergency, that lizard brain in us that just doesn't want to see what's good that's happening that wants to keep us safe is going to turn on and say, you know, like, stop everything. Don't do anything anymore. Like, this is an emergency. When it's really not an emergency, it's really a cause for us to pause. And if we can just notice, right, that it's an opportunity for us to pause and begin to shift, we can start shifting to that place of seeing the possibilities in a thing. And I think if we focus on the possibilities or focus on, so in my book, I talk about speaking from your strengths versus your deficiencies. And so how can we speak from a place of what we already have? And a lot of times we don't speak from what we already have because we're looking at, I think you mentioned like the big picture. It's so big, right? But I was actually just speaking to a group before uh, we got on and we were talking about uh, a group of young people. uh, And we were talking about how For instance, when it comes to money management, we were talking about how you can either pay this bill that's $5,000 and worry about, I don't have $5,000 in the bank, 
Or you can say, I have $50 today. Let me pay that. Let me put that down on my school loans until you get to a place of when it's paid off. And I don't think often enough, we don't do that. It's like, okay, if I don't have this. What do I have? I have time. I have resources. I have people around me that can help me. I have a skill set that could be transferable to the thing that I want to do. So if we can start thinking about the possibilities, because if we really want the what, the how will come out of that desire for the what. We didn't, I didn't mention your book before. What's, what's the title of your book? Yeah. People get that, that book. Tell us a little bit more. Absolutely. About it's called Get Your Life Today. The same as my podcast, but it's about the seven success acts to help you get a better life, a better business and a, a better career. So whatever you want in your career, business, personal life, Get Your Life Today is the name of it. And it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you are quite the coach. I can tell that already. <laughs> uh, so get your life today. While, while you were learning and growing and you were coaching people, all of a sudden you needed a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, why Why was that important? And 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 what did that do for you? Because sometimes I think, I, I personally believe that everybody needs a coach. Absolutely. Even, even the best of the best. Um, mm-hmm. If you talk about athletically, whoever the best basketball player is in the world, they have a coach. Whoever yeah. the best singer is in the world, they have a vocal coach. Um, you needed a coach, even though you were teaching people and you were beginning to excel in mm-hmm. what you were doing. Talk about the importance of, of having a coach and being, again, open to that. Yeah. Um, you know, we have blind spots. <laughs> we all have blind spots. And even the closest of friends aren't necessarily positioned to always be in a space to be that coach, that counselor, that therapist that we may need, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and a therapist is very different than a coach, but in the space, I needed a coach. Um, right. And I actually, uh, I do agree with you. I think everyone actually needs a, a coach and a therapist <laughs> in their life. I'm like, you need both because the coach is not your therapist, the therapist is not your coach. Right. Um, but at the same time, that, at that point, I really needed a coach because I felt myself wanting to think outside of where I was instead of suppressing what I knew I desired because of where I was. And so to explain, I was at the time, so I was the artistic director and um, artistic and executive director for Signature. And I was in this space of things going so well. So I had just got the 40 under 40 uh, with the Milwaukee Business Journal. We had gotten new funding. It really felt like I was in a really good role in place. And yet I still felt like there was more that I could do. I felt like I wanted to continue to do the work through dance and the arts with my dance company, I also wanted to explore something big that I hadn't explored. I hadn't like taken the time to intentionally focus on. And so I say all that to say there, it was like great things were happening, but something was still happening in me that I knew needed to come out. And so I'm like, I need a coach because I started to bury and suppress my desire to work in corporations or to work nationally as a speaker, as a coach, because I started thinking of myself as less than because my work was so local and so regional and I work with kids and I used to worry about what people thought about my uh, capabilities as a result of me working in nonprofit most of my life with a business degree. And so I had a warped sense of my capabilities or a warped sense of what was possible for me because I didn't do what people that come out of business school 
traditionally do. I didn't go to corporate. I didn't do this. So I was really speaking out of my deficiencies and those things really blinded me. And so going to a coach, she really helped to unearth a lot of what I was burying. And I didn't even realize it was there. I just knew that I wanted to do more. And I just felt like I was trying to take myself out of like a hole. And Signature definitely was a hole. Our dance company has been such a blessing to my personal life and to the community. It was just that I knew it was more to what God has called me to do. And I just didn't know how to pull myself out and do how could I love both things? So so you really struggled with being gifted in more than one area mm-hmm. and how you were to multitask and try to be the best version of yourself in each of these areas. Precisely. You didn't know if it was possible. And so as a result, you tried to kind of push off that thing that was trying to push you forward. Yeah. And what I found interesting is I have an MBA and, and, and opted to leave corporate America and pursue the things that I thought I was supposed to as a coach and teach uh, in high school and, and everything. And and thankfully, I was further along enough to not worry about what people thought about that or what I thought of, or personally, if I was not being who I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I have an MBA from Duke University. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be in corporate America making mm-hmm. X number of dollars and doing these things. And, and I, I didn't feel that. It's interesting that you you ha- you were suppressing that which was in you, but thankfully you got a coach to pull that thing out of you. I'm forever grateful, and although I am a coach, it's never well. It's a shameless plug, but then it's not because I've had the experience of seeing what a coach has done for me, and so I'm always like, you can use me or not use me, but get you someone because <laughs> right. someone needs to speak it out of you. Yes, yeah, and and, and, and what's funny is. A coach doesn't necessarily do the work. You do the work. They just create the space. And she created a space for me to answer questions that I didn't think about. So what what, what do you do now with Franklin Covey? So I am a coaching consultant for Franklin Covey, and I work in their education division. So I was actually able to collide my love for a nonprofit and work for a corporation that serves nonprofits in coaching and consulting. So most of what I do is I train thousands of professionals in some of the core uh, content that Franklin Covey does, one being seven habits of highly effective people. And so I, I train lots of schools, school leaders, staff in that. And then I also am a coach for schools that purchase one of our services, which is called Leader and Me. It's basically a service to help schools build leadership capacities. And so I coach them, mostly an implementation coach. So coaching them to implement, you know, that product. So that's what I do for them. And I've been able to uh, coach a lot of schools or train a lot of schools in different parts of the U.S. And most of the schools that are actually in my caseload are over here in the, you know, PA, Delaware, Virginia, Maryland, so this East Coast area. Um, So that's what I get a chance to do there. And I love being able to train in personal development, leadership development. The the training that we get is so uh, world-class, you know, being able to do a lot of that. I actually just got certified in uh, Speed of Trust, which is another uh, content piece um, through Franklin Covey. And so I love digging into some of those new, um, it's not new to them, but it's new for me because I'm getting more you know, well-versed in it, Uh, but it gives me more tools in my toolbox when I'm coaching people um, and training people, even in the other products that we have. Mm -hmm. Um, How important is learning 
uh, and growing um, in terms of fulfillment of, of what you do? Yeah. So I'm one of those uh, nerds that loves reading books. I got Audible. I got plenty of books that I'm always reading. I always want to get certified in, in something. I think that, so I have found a couple of things that when I know something, it makes me more confident. So knowledge gives me confidence. I've also realized it can be my Achilles tendon if I want to learn, learn, learn and not execute. Right. Mm. And so I think we get to find that balance of, OK, are you learning it and it's helping you uh, build that capacity to take action or are you learning to hide from taking action? And so mm -hmm. I always have to make that uh, analysis for myself. If there is a thing that I desire to do, I know that that was uh, the case when I was looking to uh, start my coaching, my own personal coaching business. It was like, OK, Des, you know, like how many how many classes do you need to take? How many things do you need to learn before you actually launch in and start serving people? Um, and so we have to do um, that uh, assessment of ourselves in some way. But I absolutely we never stop learning. You can always get better. We have blind spots, depending on where we are in life. And so, you know, different seasons of your life, you may find that you have one blind spot. You go into another season. It might not be that spot, but now you have a different one. And so I think <laughs> as we continuously grow um, and give ourselves grace as we grow, <laughs> that we're humans, you're going to make mistakes. There's no such thing as perfection. That's subjective. Um, I think that that helps us continuously, you know, be better for the people that are around us. Yeah. You were recently featured in Forbes magazine. In fact, your article just was translated in Brazil. Yes. Uh, now you're getting like international exposure. <laughs> exactly. Which um, <laughs> is great. Yeah. Uh, who would have thought at age 17, you'd be where you are now. And this is what I love about the podcast. Yeah. So there were three questions. Uh, the article talked about three questions that will build your confidence when it's crumbling. And I shared with you in my book, Getting Undressed from Paralysis to Purpose, uh, I talk about after I got fired from one of my jobs, mm -hmm. the three things I had to do, I had to reflect, I had to regroup, and I had to relaunch. Yeah. And um, it's interesting, you have three questions that people yep. ask in the midst of that. And, and, the, mm -hmm. and your questions are questions that I begin to, I looked, I'm like, man, I think I asked that of myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we're going to go through these questions and I want you to talk about them and, and try to help people because um, I do think people need some kind of guidance because yeah. if you're not crumbling, you will crumble. And if you just got through crumbling, you might crumble again sometime. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. Kind of how life works, right? Yeah, uh, hands down. <laughs> uh, so here's some structure that will help. Uh, the first thing you said is What's a failure that you've learned something from? Mm -hmm. um, I believe that I always win as long as I'm learning. Right. I, I don't lose in life. I learn in life. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about the significance of the first thing to do in the midst of tragedy, disappointment, getting fired, losing your job, being, yeah. told, being told you're not good enough? Why is this question important? You know... I'm glad you asked that because the thing about failure, it can also be viewed as feedback. And so I look at failure as feedback versus like trying to beat ourselves up over it. I remember there was a time where I was working at uh, an a organization in Milwaukee and there was a new position 
And I was still in the organization, but it was a new position that opened. And I had put all my heart and soul really feeling like this is the one that I want. And I didn't get it. And I remember remember crying and feeling a certain way about it. And it could be looked at as failure. But then I also considered like, well, what does this say? You know, like, does it say that maybe this is not the position that really is for me or is the best fit for my my skill set maybe it is something that i do really well but maybe i'm you know keeping myself from a different opportunity by staying here um and so when i looked at it from that lens and just you know being a believer feeling like you know what if this isn't for me it's either going to teach me how to be better at what i do so that i can stand out amongst the crowd or i'm going to find a position somewhere else so in that time versus then getting bitter, I got better. You know what I mean? Like I still worked in that organization because I didn't get the position. I stayed in my own. I didn't treat the people differently. I didn't treat the person that got the position differently. You know, like, because sometimes we can go into those modes and I just use it as an opportunity to continuously get better and to look for opportunities that might have been a better fit for me, which ended up happening. So when the dust settles, that's when you get to reflect, right? You get to reflect back on getting better and not getting so caught up in that toxic behavior that could lead you to never getting better, never actualizing what you truly desire, because now you filled yourself up with things that have nothing to do with you. And if people really make decisions based on what they need, even though it might hurt our feelings, <laughs> when that dust settles, we can start acknowledging what we can do differently and focus on that. It doesn't have to be bitter. Well, on uh, previous guest on the podcast, Unstoppable Tracy Schmidt uh, gave this tip and she said, make sure you keep a Q-tip with you at all times. And I'm like, what do you mean? Hmm. She said, because you're going to need to pull it out. And I said, and what do you do with it? Well, quit taking it personally. That's what Q-tip hmm. means. And she said, because so many times, like you mentioned, it has absolutely nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you can learn to get the Q, have your Q-tip ready, the quicker you can move forward. And I believe that if I had not gotten fired from the coaching basketball, that I would have stayed there too long. Mm -hmm. It was time for me three years later to leave. I would not have written a book. I would not be a public Mm -hmm. speaker. I would not be having this podcast because I would have probably stayed too long. And, you know, Potiphar, Joseph needed Potiphar in order to get him to rule over Egypt. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we need something that we don't like that's That's to move us to the place that we're supposed to be. That's good. And that's what I heard. And what you were saying is that Mm -hmm. if you don't take it personally, and if you begin to see how that can be part of your recipe for your purpose, then you can move forward and you take a moment to reflect. Yep. And I had to, I had to think about, you know, what were the good things I accomplished? Yeah. Are there things I could do better if I get another chance? Right. All that was important as I was able to then make it not personal because yeah. then it became about my growth and not my pain. So second question that you said we should ask ourselves is what's something you've achieved personally that was a success. Because when we are down, we don't think we can do anything right. And then that's only because we're in that moment when in actuality, it's like you did a lot of things. <laughs> You've done some things in your life that have been good that you've accomplished, even if it is your own well-being during times of, of, of grief and trouble. It doesn't necessarily have to be articulated into a tangible thing. 
it can be something that's not tangible and maybe a season where you really showed up differently. And I feel like when we realize that we have those tools, we have those things in us, it actually sparks some creativity. It can spark us to think differently because positive emotions, when we start experiencing positive emotions, it unlocks creativity. When we have negative emotions, right? When negative things are happening, we're more closed off. It's black and white. The mm-hmm. third question that you had that people should ask is, what do other people see in you? So I think it's really good to think about people that know, like, and trust you. So, I mean, if your confidence is crumbling because maybe it's an old employer or maybe it's a past relationship, that might not be the person to ask in that moment because we already are looking at that person from a negative perspective. Mm-hmm. Because even like some of the employers that I've left or felt rejected by because I didn't get a promotion and such, they wouldn't necessarily articulate who I was in a negative light. But if I'm ticked off about it or if I'm not happy about it, anything they say, I'm going to side eye. It's kind of like your mother calling you cute or your mother calling you handsome. And you're like, you're my mom. You're supposed to say that, right? Uh, (laughs) So I was like, you're not going to kick me while I'm down. Of course, you're going to say I'm great. Even if they really mean it, we kind of go into this cynicism about it. So you want to think about people that you know, like, and trust and know, like, and trust you. Kind of like that marketing factor and know, like, and trust. And so if we pick people like that, that are outside of who we were dealing with or what entity we were dealing with, it could really open some things up for us. Um, And so I even think it's great if you can ask someone that is a mentor, um, because typically mentors or seasoned people that we're following or are cultivating us um, will we'll speak more candidly about things that they know that we are. This is not a time to talk about what you can improve in. This could, that, we're not asking for that it's because it's like we already know we need to improve in some things because we just got kicked down. <laughs> so it's like, I got it. That's a memo. <laughs> I do want people to take it with a grain of salt because, you know, this is to build our confidence up to take action. And this is to help us remember that we're not all trash. That is a lot of treasure still left in us, even if we have made a mistake or many mistakes or have just kind of found ourselves all the way at the bottom. At the same time, you know, I want to make sure that when people do this activity, it doesn't mean that you don't need to work on yourself. You know, in order to stay on top, Mm -hmm. you have to continue to grow. One of the one of the great tragedies of successful companies athletic teams is when after they've had a great year, great results, a great season, oh, we're good. We'll just keep doing what we were doing. And that's not going to be good enough. You've got to grow and change and continue to become better. We hope you're enjoying Paralysis to Purpose, the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Paralysis to Purpose for more updates. Also, check out David's website at davidcookspeaks.com to learn more about his mission and purchase his book, Getting Undressed, From Paralysis to Purpose. Before we close today, I want to ask you um, what comes to mind when you hear these three words. Okay. Um, And the first word is perspective. And Mm -hmm. what does perspective have to do with someone's journey from paralysis to purpose? Yeah, um, I think considering the perspective of others um, versus what's in your own head. I know that I've had to see things differently and see things differently from people that I don't always see the same way as. But I think surrounding ourselves with people that have different perspectives 
and are not necessarily always singing our praises, but can be very straightforward about things that we could do differently um, or ways that we can think differently um, are wise to kind of take in. Even if we don't always agree, just kind of hearing a different perspective. Why is the uh, diversity of perspective and the diversity of thought so important in terms of you and the business that you're in? How does that help you become a better coach, a better Mm -hmm. mentor when you have that? Yeah, it it makes me more creative and less judgmental. Uh, it, It allows me to be better at understanding and hearing what's not being said and and just considering other other paths because sometimes we're like if a person does this it must mean this and I'm like well not necessarily it could mean other things and I've I've typically been prone to give people the benefit of the doubt that's kind of how I've been positioned most of my life that doesn't mean I'm I'm definitely guilty of making a lot of assumptions (laughs) still that that doesn't mean anything so with that, um, even if it is our natural inclina- inclination to hear a lot of people's perspectives, it's different from hearing a perspective than understanding a perspective and actually doing something different from a different perspective. Like all of those things are different. And I feel like over time, I've learned not to just hear it, but to truly understand it and then I've even taken some steps with some of those things I understand and seeing like, oh, well, could I execute that? What would it look like? Because sometimes, you know, it's just honestly, I've let pride and ego get in the way of feeling like I know what I'm doing. And then I don't. The ability to be transparent mm-hmm. and, and like you're being right now invulnerable is just I, I think they are seeds of growth. And, they, and people mm-hmm. are attracted to that because mm-hmm. you're not fake. You're not phony. Uh, you're like, look, I'm going to probably mess some of this up. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the word and the importance of perseverance. I've had many starts and stops. And I think insecurities rise up when you want to go into business on your own. Mm-hmm. And I think when we started our dance company, it was three of us. There's three of us in partnership with each other. And so there was some security of knowing I wasn't out there on a limb by myself, you know. Uh, And I think that when I started Destination Life, which is my LLC that I work with through coaching and speaking now, it, my insecurities came out when it's just me putting myself out there and I'm on a limb and I'm like, am I doing this right? Am I looking like what other people are supposed to look like? And so I think that the perseverance came every time I would find myself stopping to start again, (laughs) to even take the step in starting again and not getting so... Um, so lost that I I have long droughts. Like my droughts have gotten shorter and shorter <laughs> as time has gone on. Because I've had some droughts. I remember I started my LLC in like 2012. And then I had a drought until like 15. And then 15 to 16, I was I was killing the game. And then, you know, like it just, you know, like I, my droughts have gotten shorter. Like I, I think continuously making those spouts of, um, you know, inactivity or what, and not necessarily, and I don't want to say like activity, like doing things, like being busy, but actually getting, you know, results, doing things that actually turn an outcome. Um, I I want those times to be shorter and shorter instead of running away when it feels like too much. So perseverance in terms of making it shorter and shorter, because I mean, this life, you're going to feel that way. One of the things I mentioned in my book is that excuses don't stop you. Stopping is what stops you. And um, if you if you just don't stop 
I mean, mm-hmm. and like you said, if you can shorten up, because there's going to be some times where you got to shut it down. And if, yeah. if they become less frequent, um, then you find yourself moving forward and you look back all of a sudden like, man, I, I, I didn't know we did all that. You know what? And you got to own or I know I definitely have to own. You have to own the consequences of the stops and starts. Right. Because I, I when you think about the cost, the opportunity cost that I've experienced, it's possible partnerships that I probably lost out on relationships. I probably missed out on um, income. I probably missed out on. And I have to be I have to mourn that, grieve that and keep it moving and know that. Um, it, no one did it to me. You know what I mean? Like no one did it to me. You, you get to be like everyone else and you get to start that thing over. And it's like, and people, people can decide to give you another shot after that time has passed, you know, like, cause I know I've missed out on some, you know, like opportunities for partnerships and I'm like, dang, you know, I play too much. Like I should have jumped on that and I didn't. And so it's like, they can decide to, you know, like, you know, hook us up, but or they can decide not to, and I can't be mad about that because it's like I get it. You know, I get this, and it's like no blood. It's no bad blood, but it's just the recognizing that when we have that perseverance and that space in between, that I think people understand that things happen, but we have to know that um, trust is built um, over consistency, and so it's like I have to, I get to be consistent and show myself as a brand that's consistent. And until I get to that place of less stops, is people are not going to have a reason to trust that I can keep doing what I say I'm going to do. Uh, the final word uh, is partnerships. You know, we're, we don't live on an island. And as humans, we, we get to do what, you know, God has called us to do, which is really to unite. Like there were, there were disciples for a reason. Like you need to be connected to people. And so I, I think that, seeking out people above lateral and then pouring into those that have not yet gotten to a place um, is very important. So I talk about having an A-team in my book. um, And I think that it's really important to have this A-team of people, A being that people that can hold you accountable and that also think from a place of abundance. But the team part, people that are transparent, people that um, are encouraging people that are achieving things in their life and people that are mentors to you. And so I believe like those partnerships, having people in your life that have those qualities. And then from a mentorship perspective, someone that's more seasoned, someone that's like a peer mentor. And then how are we like digging into the lives of others, like really pouring into the lives of others so we can reciprocate that, um, you know, like paying it forward. Um, and so I also feel like, again, you know, that taking care of our mental health. So I believe in therapists. <laughs> um, and then I think for our future lives, we do need coaches, um, whether those are coaches that are going to help us with our body, with the things that we want to do in our future. But those kind of partnerships, having people in all those different areas, like I've had mentors that are spiritual mentors, mentors from a business perspective, mentors from a relationship perspective, but just kind of covering different areas of life. And they might not be people that you talk to all the time, but just the fact that you have access to these kinds of people that you can glean information from or even observe their lives as something that can help you. The the idea of serving others and giving back. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer that our, within the fabric of our purpose, is the responsibility to give back, mm-hmm. and that we aren't fulfilling purpose if we're not, uh, because we haven't we haven't become selfless enough at that point. Mm-hmm. And you talked about 
the the levels of people that you have involved in your life. Uh, some that will stretch you, some that will will uh, pat you on the back, and others that you're pouring into. I think that's a great way to look at that because mm -hmm. sometimes I think we uh, we can be vertical and yeah. we can be horizontal, but we haven't figured out how to how to dig deep and and and, and touch others. Before we uh, close now. Um, what is what is the final word that you would like to give if if this is the last word that you were able to give while on this earth to the people who are listening mm -hmm. to you, what would you tell them is do it now whatever it is do it now and it is what i define as when you're laying in bed at night and you can't sleep and you're tossing and turning and it's the it and i don't mean a task I mean, that deeper it factor that you know is just raveling, you know, just really bothering you, do it now. And whatever that it is, find the smallest step to do it now. Because the only thing that we can't give back is time. You can give money. Time is the only resource that is not renewable. We can never go back and get more of it. We can't make more of it. It's just what comes with being, you know, uh, a mere mortal, <laughs> right? And so we get to decide that the present time is all we truly have. So do it now. This is a great conversation, Desiree. Yes. If people want to get a hold of you for coaching or mentoring or get, uh, how do they do that? What's the best way to do that? Yeah, absolutely. So you can email me at hello at DesireeCocroft.com. I'm on all social media platforms as Desiree Cocroft, that's LinkedIn, IG, Facebook. And I do have a free gift that I offer to people every time I get a chance to. And it's a clarity workbook, a mini clarity workbook. So if you don't know what it is or how to get to it, you can definitely download that free workbook. It is a bit.ly clarity mini workbook. You can also find that link on IG on my link bio. So feel free to download that and get your life together. <laughs> well, hey, go get your life. Go get your life if you're listening to us. Go yes. get it. All right. After this podcast, you got to go get that. Yes. So, <laughs> hey, I am excited. Uh, and don't forget, Desiree, every uh, guest on the podcast will receive a signed copy of my book. Yay. So I'll make sure I get your address and get that to you. Uh, but until next time, this is David Cooks reminding you on Paralysis to Purpose to Podcast that your ability to endure is always greater than your willingness to endure. You can do anything you put your mind to. Thanks for tuning in to Paralysis to Purpose. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paralysis to Purpose on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. To purchase his book, visit davidcooksspeaks.com. Be sure to tune in next time for more inspiring conversations with David Cooks. I started getting in a little bit of trouble. I'm not gonna lie, uh, looking for love in all the wrong places. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of my, my best friend died, uh, hold up, uh, when he was 17. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't want to be like that. I don't want to be dead. Next time on Paralysis to Purpose. Today we've got Johnny Bridgewater and Keith Caulfield with us. You know what I'm saying? I kind of kept to myself. I didn't want to be like them, but yet I was like them without, you know, like I was like naive to the fact that I really was doing the same stuff. Right. Because it wasn't as bad or, you know, I yes. it wasn't as late at night or I had a chip on my shoulder. So I always wanted to fight. I always wanted to, you know, but... I just started, I had a whole new outlook of life when he passed away. Paralysis to purpose.